Say nice things about Detroit and Hawaii show. Well, most of my shows are that way. So a couple months ago, when I was in Detroit in June, I made several trips this summer, I did a parlor talk at the Urban Consulate, which I was delighted when Claire Nelson asked me to, to do that. We had a full house, and there are a lot of people from my past in the 70s and 80s and from the Emily Detroit runs, Emily's across the street, my uh, love of the city and our Say Nice Things About Detroit movement were at the parlor talk. Some people I had never met, and afterwards, Someone uh, by the name of uh, Megan Elliott came up to me and she said, oh, you've got to meet a, a, a friend of mine or an associate. Her name is uh, Lisa Nuskowski. And she's actually, she sent me an email, too. She said, she introduced us. And that's who I got on the line this morning, Lisa Nuskowski in Detroit. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Emily. Great to be here. So I was just looking at the note that uh, Megan had sent both of us when she introduced us uh, I'm writing to introduce you to Emily Gale of Say Nice Things About Detroit fame. Emily Lisa is the director of both Detroit's Bike Share Program and the Open Streets Program. So she's doing a lot of fantastic work for the city. She and I were speaking last week, and she was aware of your work and the runs you used to put on, but I know the two of you had not been formally introduced. And you have a lot of exciting ideas and uh, things to talk about. So that's what I'm loving about what's happening in Detroit is there's so much connection of people that were part of the past, and we're still part of the present, and very similar to the Jared Historical uh, Museum uh, mantra, right? <laughs> the past meets yeah. the present, is the Absolutely. present. And you and I have had several talks since, and Open Streets Detroit launched last month. You had two Sundays where you had Open Streets. So give us a little overview, because it, it all ties in with Kona and Hawaii, too, because we just got our first bike share program here last Last month, I saw Tina Clothier with PATH, who was in charge of getting it set up. So we have a lot to share, and I know you're kind of watching what we do, and and everybody's watching what's happening in Detroit as far as the open streets, the bicycle events, and give us an overview of, of, of your role. So, yeah, so I am the executive director for Detroit Bike Share, and we are an affiliate of the Downtown Detroit Partnership. Um, and so it was through that role that I became the project lead on Open Streets Detroit. So for any of your listeners who may not be familiar with, with Open Streets, uh, Open Streets are part of an international movement. It was started in Bogota, Colombia in the 1970s, and it was really part of a, a social revolution there because many people in Bogota at the time felt that their city was just being overrun by cars, and they really wanted to sort of rebalance things and have it be more people-focused. And so they started closing down, um, you know, main roadways to car traffic certain times of the week and opening it up to people walking and biking and engaging in healthy activities. And so that that, that concept really sort of caught on not only in Bogota, but throughout the rest of Latin America and is spread throughout North America as well as um, as, as Europe, too. And so... Detroit put on its uh, its inaugural Open Streets program, um, two dates, September 25th and uh, Sunday, October 2nd, both were Sundays, and we closed down about 3.7 miles of Michigan Avenue and Westburner Highway. Um, it leads it connects several um, really interesting neighborhoods in Detroit here, um, starting at downtown, uh, moving through Corktown, which is a, um, the oldest neighborhood in the city of Detroit and a historically Irish neighborhood, and then connects um, through to southwest Detroit, where we have a really um, strong uh, Latin American community who lives um, in that neighborhood. 
um, as well as African-American and, and Caucasian populations as well. And so it was a really um, incredible opportunity to connect several um, distinct neighborhoods that, although they're located next to each other, are sometimes separated by geographic and cultural boundaries. And so this was one great way to sort of bring everybody together through this um, celebration in the streets. We had about 80-plus um, activity partners providing everything from dance to arts, music, culture, sports, exercise. Um, we had things like a bike rodeo, an obstacle course. Um, we had skateboarders doing demonstrations. We had our um, our regional soccer team, the Detroit City Football Club, um, doing soccer demonstrations and uh, and coaching. We had some really cool art projects um, by the People First Project, which is an initiative um, from a group of, of uh, folks out of uh, Corktown. Um, and so just a really interesting range of activities. It was fun, free, family-friendly, and, uh, and the first time I think Detroiters had a chance to stand in the middle of, uh, of Michigan Avenue, which in some cases is a nine-lane uh, roadway. And so it's quite large and feels very unpeople-friendly um, most of the time. But um, those two Sundays, they were uh, packed with people, and I think um, packed with people who were excited to experience the streets in a different way. Well, a couple of things. First of all, Michigan Avenue is also known as U.S. Highway 12, and it's a, a highway that runs from Aberdeen, Washington, to Detroit, Michigan. And um, I remember uh, Dave from uh, Mercury Bar last year put out some stickers that said uh, U.S. 12 Corktown. I've got one on my wall right now, celebrating yeah. U.S. 12 Michigan Avenue. So it's a very iconic. It's got a lot of history to it. It's kind of like uh, Route 69 or something, you know. Exactly. But uh, that's what's very cool about it. But along the, I know last uh, when I was in. In Detroit a couple of weeks ago, Mercury Bar was getting ready to have their band out there. I know that Slow Roll had a had a, a setup over at Roosevelt Park, and it was just so nice to see how many people that were so involved. You know, Tom Page and his bike group, the Detroit Green Pathways. It's such a cooperative effort, and and you were the umbrella organization that that gave everybody an opportunity to continue to be as cooperative as everybody has. All the many organizations that are doing healthy things in the city of Detroit. And, of course, Corktown, iconic, because that's where Tiger Stadium was, where the it, it was uh, Navin Field, then Brick Stadium, then Tiger Stadium. So yep. there's so much history there, not just for Detroiters, but for visitors, too. And I'm amazed at how many visitors I come across. I made three trips to Detroit this summer, and I run into visitors all the time. That, uh, that That's what they came to Detroit for, was to see what's going on in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, um, you know, the success of something like Open Streets and I think some of the partnerships that you highlighted there are emblematic of what's going on in the city right now. So, I mean, there's been a growing momentum, you know, not only around biking, but just creating a more people-friendly city. Um, you know, we've been the motor city for, for so long, and so I think initiatives like this really speak to uh, a growing desire on the part of many people who are, are living here to um, think about how we can use our physical assets like our street space in a different way. And, and it doesn't have to be about pitting cars against people, against bikes, but how do we accommodate a wide range of uses? So how do we accommodate, you know, not only people driving personal vehicles, but public transportation and people who are riding a bike and people who are walking? And how do we do that in a, a safe way and really make that part of a cohesive system? And so I think that, you know, in addition to some of the groups that you mentioned, I mean, this took partnerships 
um, on all levels. So, you know, from the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan who we had to work with in closing down the roads and making sure everything was safe to, you know, sponsors like DT Energy Foundation who, um, you know, was uh, took part in some meetings with Gil Penalosa from an organization called 880 Cities. Uh, they're based out of Toronto, and they're really focused on that same sort of mission of, of making cities more people-friendly. Um, and uh, and so DTE, you know, heard about this idea and really, you know, loved it from the start and has, you know, been incredibly supportive. Um, and then, you know, from the activity partners to the 200 and some volunteers that we had over both days, um, helping to actually put on the, you know, the the events. Um, it was really, I think, a great example of how community can come together when there is um, an exciting and unique vision to, to rally around. And so we hope that, you know, people sort of took away from that that, you know, that there are other possibilities for, for how our, our public space can be used and that that'll create more demand um, for, for those not only events, but thinking about things like permanent bike lanes and protected bike lanes and, you know, um, transit-only lanes for, for buses um, moving along um, along Michigan Avenue and, and Burner Highway. And so just, you know, really hoping to open people's imaginations a, a bit to, to what could be um, as, we, as we think about um, our street space here in Detroit. Well, actually, maybe even open their, their uh, minds up more so because nobody's done better than Detroit the last few years. So that is all those different groups you mentioned individually. They've been doing so much Riverfront Conservancy. Everybody yeah. you mentioned uh, uh, the, the DT Energy Foundation, of course, Faye Nelson. Wasn't Faye uh, with Riverfront Conservancy before DTE? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So okay, her, so, so considering that, that. Exactly. Yeah. And moving it along, because it's been going on, and all these groups doing it, but you were an umbrella of bringing all of them together on those those couple of days there on Michigan Avenue, and 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 yet every single day, I mean, I, I'm just amazed at how much is going on every day, whether it's out in front of, of the Renaissance Center or down at Campus Martius, and that it, you know your events included Campus Martius, which is a great a park in the center of Detroit, right down in the heart of of, of the downtown area. But yeah, it's pretty hard to imagine the, um, the the scope and the size and the the kind of it doesn't even mean, it have to be cooperation because that's going on anyway in Detroit right now. There's such a a sense of excitement of everybody. There's room for everybody to be successful at what they're doing. And um, but look, the the bike lanes, the Tour de Trois help fund right exactly. on Second yeah. Avenue, actually changing the street. Right? It wasn't that a two way street. Now it's a one way. I, I wrote. Well, I rode on that bike lane a couple of weeks ago and was just thinking about it. Um, I mean, all the little by little efforts that have been made to to get those bike lanes in and more bike lanes and and Detroit is is built like a tire spike uh, uh, wheel, right? All the streets emanating from the center and wide yep. streets. So it's a a, a great uh, venue for what's going on in the city and. I, the open streets, the reception was great. I mean, I've been looking at Facebook pages this morning, going back to people's pages, and everybody showing what they had going on and, and uh, the different activities. So, And what a blessing because there was such a heavy rain a couple of days before this past one. But oh it looked gosh, like I you know. had a beautiful day. <laughs> we were all like just, I mean, we were all, you know, checking uh, weather.com multiple times a day in those days leading up to it. And uh, and I think that also really helped um, with turnout this past Sunday because I think everybody felt a little cooped up from the, you know, the previous days. We, on one day we got five inches of rain 
um, here. And so I know a lot of people were dealing with flooded basements and sort of how to navigate around town when some of the roadways were closed down because so much water came down so quickly. Um, so, yes, I think that kind of, you know, really set the stage for um, people wanting to get, you know, get outdoors, enjoy a beautiful fall day, and, and to do it together too, right? Because I, I feel like, you know, it, it, this is not unique to Detroit, but I think so often we, like, we operate in our own little, like, you know, sort of self-reinforced circles, our own you know, communities, and we go to the same places and see the same people, but we have very few opportunities to just come together as different parts of the community and enjoy being around one another and spending time with each other. When you think about the spaces that really promote that kind of connection, you think about places like the Detroit Riverfront, you think about places like Eastern Market, you think about places like Belle Isle that just sort of draw people in and um, provide the opportunity to, to, to be together. Um, and so I, I, that, to me, that was one of the, the biggest successes is just seeing the, the wide range of, of people from young families to couples to students to senior citizens to you know, people of all you know, ages, races, backgrounds, ethnicities, and abilities. Um, being able to participate was really, uh, was really a, a heartwarming and inspiring um, uh, place to be. So how long of a stretch along Michigan Avenue was that? Was that like a, a mile or two? Yeah, so the entire route was 3.7 miles. Um, wow, okay. And that, and that includes, I would say, about a mile and a half of that was um, was Michigan Avenue, and then the remainder of that, um, you know, probably just over two miles was, was Verner. So, um, and we connected to Verner right through Roosevelt Park. So as you mentioned, you know, one of the reasons why we selected the route that we did is it connected several really great parks here in Detroit. So starting with Campus Marshes downtown and then Roosevelt Park, which is in front of the Michigan Central train station, which many people have probably seen, um, you know, is an iconic image of Detroit. It's just, you know, beautiful, um, you know, 100-year-old, um, currently abandoned train station um, that, uh, that sits right there on the park and, um, and then connects, you know, down over to Clark Park in southwest Detroit, which is you know, has got soccer fields and an ice hockey rink um, and baseball diamonds um, and really a place for, you know, the community to come together there as well. So we really loved it that it connected these, you know, three great parks um, along the way and provided an opportunity for people to check some of them out because many people are familiar with Campus Martius, but they may not have been in southwest Detroit. This was an opportunity to see, um, you know, slow down a little bit, get out of your car, whether you're walking, you're biking, rollerblading, um, to get a chance to to take it out, take it all in. So we're we're talking with Lisa Nuskowski. He was the executive director of Detroit Bike Share, which we're going to talk about because we now have Bike Share in in Kona. But uh, that's an affiliate of the Downtown Detroit Partnership, and they put on the Open Streets. And uh, Lisa was was the coordinator of the Open Streets, just held that we're talking about in Detroit. And and I was curious, how did you pick Michigan Avenue? I just thought that was a great opportunity for people really to see how that Michigan Avenue connects those communities like Southwest Detroit and downtown Detroit. I mean, it, I, I love driving down Michigan Avenue, you know, particularly seeing what's going on there now. But how did you happen to pick Michigan Avenue? Just yeah, make sense? So we, yeah, we picked Michigan um, and Verner because, you know, because I mentioned, you know, the parks were, were a big, you know, part of that. It also connected um, several distinct neighborhoods, and we wanted to to do that as well. Um, it also represents some of the the most dense um, residential and commercial activity um, in in the city. And so, you know, you've got some really strong shops, restaurants, businesses along both Michigan and Verner that we we wanted to highlight. Um, it's also got growing, you know, 
greenways and biking infrastructure, and so we want to support that and highlight that, how it can be used to, to connect communities. Um, and like I said, several iconic spaces like the, the train station, like the parks, um, you know, like being, you know, in the middle of US-12, uh, you know, which is, you know, a national national roadway. So we, we really love that it covered um, all of those bases and, and connected downtown to um, to some of the neighborhoods. Well, um, you know, when I was tried to put on my very first uh, Emily Detroit run, which was the first run ever put on in the streets of Detroit, 1975, and I always tell the story, but I, I like to give the history of things, just like mentioning that it was Megan Elliott that led me to you. I think all those things have a – the threads are always important how they came about, but I had been up to WJR promoting our first foot race, and um, when I got back to the store, Police Chief Jim Bannon had a car waiting for me. <laughs> and he, he, they took me up to his office. He said, "You, we just heard you promoting a foot race in the streets of Detroit. You don't, you can't have a race. You need to go out to Belle Isle, which is one of the parks, right? Just right. like Central Park and in, in, uh, uh, New York, that created by Frederick Olmsted, the same designer. But the areas we're going to take them through Greek Town, Mexican Town, different areas." And he was adamant that we do it at Belle Isle, and I started crying and giving this long, you know, uh, dissertation on why the merits of of the the streets are the greatest recreational asset we have. We ought to be using more. And he said, "Well, there must be some way we can figure this out." But it, that just exemplifies the open streets, what you're doing, the bike share program, all the you know you you need things at the level of, that you're doing them in order to other people pull their projects along behind them. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the bike share program. I've been watching yeah. that for a few years in Detroit, and and uh, I, I now have a locker. I love the idea of the bike share with me when I'm in Detroit. And so talk about what a success has been in Detroit, and uh, I know we're excited about it being here in Kona. Yeah, and congratulations on the uh, the recent launch of, of your system there. Um, so this has been a, a labor of love um, for us here in Detroit. It's been something I've been personally working on for um, for about four years now, and we're going to be launching in the spring, the so spring of 17. We don't we aren't as blessed with uh, quite as beautiful weather as you there as you are there out in Hawaii. So we are going to to wait until the, the weather turns uh, in the spring to. To launch, but we're going to be um, we're going to be putting 420 bikes at 42 stations um, throughout Greater Downtown Detroit. Um, we haven't figured out exactly where those locations are, so we're starting to do some of that work through community meetings and other forms of engagement this fall, um, and you know, really going out and talking to people about where they would like to see bike share and you know what kind of membership and pricing options they would like to see, so that we can you know build that support for bike share early on. Um, but we're really looking at this as a way to help better connect people to the resources and amenities that, you know, exist throughout our community. So whether, you know, you need to, to help get you that last mile to work from the bus ride that you take in, you know, to the city in the morning or whether you need to run an errand during your work day or whether, you know, it's the evening and you want to, you know, meet up with friends or, just, you know, take a ride along the river walk, um, we really want to have people think a little bit differently about getting on a bike, that it's not just about, you know, something you do on the weekends and, and you do, you know, for working out, which, you know, we absolutely support, but you can, it could also be used to get you where you need to go. Um, and so really helping to uh, provide um, access to, to bikes so people can do that more often. And we're talking with Lisa Newskowski, who's the executive director of Detroit Bike Share as part of the Downtown Detroit Partnership, and they're the umbrella for all kinds of projects that they 
they uh, put on in the city of Detroit and, and our and one of them was the open streets that we were just talking about earlier. But on the bike share, uh, do I understand correctly that Dan Gilbert, of course, owner of Quicken Loans and, and become the headquarters for Quicken with, you know, thousands of uh, employees, haven't they had their own bike share program for Quicken employees around downtown yeah. Detroit? Yeah, so that's a great point. So, you know, as I mentioned, we started this conversation um, a few years ago. We did a feasibility study um, in 2013. Um, I was at Wayne State University at the time in the Office of Economic Development, and we really used that study as the foundation from which to build a public bike share system. Um, but, you know, the, the Rock Ventures and the family of companies, they wanted to have um, you know, something more immediate for their employees, and so they've contracted out with um, a specific service for their employees, but the the thought is that once public bike share launches, that that system won't necessarily we won't have you know multiple systems, and that they will just be supporting um, you know the the public bike share system because I think we all want to support you know something and see it be a success. And quite frankly, you know it'll be larger than what they were able to launch um, just for their employees. And so we're really hoping that. Um, we'll get that support from them, and we'll we'll grow a real um, public lecture system that everybody in the city can be proud of. And, and and really, they did. You know, in every stage of it, there's pioneering that must go on, and and that was a form of pioneering just to get a lot of those employees who had not been city dwellers to start right. getting getting the. You know, you you don't have to drive everywhere because there has been a lot of educating that has to go on. I see it even with slow roll. People will come down. You know, park their cars, ride in the ride, and, and head home. And it, it's a it's a evolution of getting comfortable. You don't have to go right home right afterwards. You know, walk in the area where you just rode your bike, or patronize a place, or like for the bike share for quick employees. Get used to you know, hey, hop on a bike and take that, go over for that meeting that way. So there's probably yeah, exactly. a lot of lessons that have been learned and that could be integrated and shared, but. Um, you know, it, I could, even just talking with Tina Clothier, uh, PATH here in Hawaii, PATH, People's Advocacy for Trails Hawaii, I, I walked down Ali'i Drive, the main street here along the ocean, uh, night before last after the parade, and she was heading down to the bike share, uh, setup at the King Kamehameha's Kona Beach Hotel right in the center of our little village, and, and we stood and talked for a little bit, and, you know, um, one of the things I had always thought about was, wow, what about bike shops? What about Wheelhouse Detroit and all those bike shops? So I think it's a, for me, it was really good to, to have dialogue about that and see that Tina was getting that out in the press. Is it's a whole different kind of bike riding from going and renting a bike from your local bike shop and taking, you know, an afternoon ride on the DeQuinder bike ride. It, it introduces people to biking. It's a little heavier bike, but it rides nicely. But talk a little bit about that because those are some of the things that, well, Lisa and I uh, lost each other for a moment there, but I have been saying uh, maybe, Lisa, you can share with us about, you know, how there's this different kind of biking. It's, uh, you know, whether it's you're riding a share a bike or you're renting a bike from a local bike shop or riding your own. The whole theory of abundance, I feel, I might be repeating myself, but is that the more people that are out riding bikes, however they get on them, the better it is for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, and I'll say one other thing, too, just about um – you know, the Quicken Loans bike share um, that they've had for their employees, it's been very helpful for us um, to sort of use as, you know, a a guiding star in thinking about some of the issues that they've had to deal with um, in terms of promoting it to their employees and the kind of ridership that they've gotten and what they found that works and doesn't work. So they've been really um, great partners with with us on that. Um, And I think that, you know, your question about, 
um, how, you know, bike share could be used to help people think a little bit differently about getting on, on bikes is, is a good one because, you know, you think about, you know, the way bike share it, it works is that you set up, you know, several stations over, you know, a pretty compact area. So you make them very convenient, easy for people to use. So, you know, if it's, you know, if you think about, you know, many people, at least here in Detroit, you know, they commute into the city um, for work, you know, in the, in the morning and then they have to park their car typically in a parking structure and, you may have to pay for that. You may, it may be covered by your employer, but it's typically a hassle to sort of have to get in and out using your car. But what if you have a meeting that's a mile and a half down the road? You could easily hop on a bike if it, you know, if there were a station outside of your your place of business, um, you know, and ride it up to your meeting, check it into a station that's located there, and, and go about your way. So it's really it's meant to, you know, provide some additional convenience and accessibility for people. Um, because we've been so car dependent for so long. And it really, I think it, it removes a lot of like the barriers of, you know, sometimes people have not been on a bike for, for years, sometimes decades. Um, and, you know, if you haven't been on a bike in a long time, chances are you're probably not going to just go out and buy your own bike and start riding it. Um, so exactly. This so this yes. is a great way for, you know, somebody, if they haven't been on a bike in years, you know, check it out for, for an hour, um, you know, and, you know, and give it a spin and take it to some place where you feel like you can practice and sort of build up some, you know, some uh, some cycling skills. Or, you know, we're also going to be putting on some um, Confident City cycling classes and sort of training and education so that people feel comfortable um, riding in the city. So um, we think it's a really great way to help connect people, um, you know, back to and biking the, if they haven't biked in a while. And the playfulness of it, you know, like riding through Kailua Village where the Iron Man is being held this week and uh, you know, I lived in the village for many, many years, and I rode my bike. And I still ride my bike everywhere. It's just, and, and, and whether it's Detroit, I carry a fold-up bike in Detroit, so I can park my car, take it out of the truck, and I ride around. Yeah. The things that I see in just a half-hour ride, just cruising around after a ball game or something. So it is about getting people to see it as a as a lifestyle, not a not a uh, an unusual event in their life. You know that hey, yeah, I'll go down and ride in the city with you, but or I'll I'll get on a share share uh, the bike share and ride over to wherever I'm going to meet you for lunch, you know, that kind of thing when they're right. on their lunch hour. So it's Lisa Nuskowski we're speaking with. She's the direct, executive director of Detroit Bike Share and was involved in, in, in organizing the recent Open Streets of Detroit. So many wonderful things to, to talk about. I'm so glad Megan Elliott put us together. What is Megan's capacity? Does she work with the state or something with recreation? Yeah, yeah, Megan's working for the city of Detroit, actually. Um, the city, okay. Uh, yep, exactly. So, yep, she's doing, I think, some um, some planning for, for the recreation department. Oh, that's, that's you know, wonderful. I was at the Detroit homecoming uh, recently, and uh, the Brewster's, uh, the opening night of the Brewster project or the Brewster gym, um, I was just, I couldn't have been more shocked. Couldn't have knocked me over with a feather. Uh, Mike Duggan, Mayor Mike Duggan, when he was uh, welcoming the crowd and everything, he sh- gave a shout out to uh, when years ago when he worked in the Buell Building and there was this Emily doing say nice things about Detroit and Emily Detroit runs and he, he just gave me such a glowing accolade, you know, of kind of starting a lot of things that are that are going on. And for me, it's heartwarming because I I used to always say Detroit's a big enough city that makes a difference in the world and a small enough city an individual can make a difference. And, and there are just so many people making a difference in Detroit now. And it's that, so much of that cooperative spirit. It must be fun for you to be, be part of all of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I've been um, living and working in the city for about 13 years now. It'll be 13 years at the, at the end of this year. Um, and it's been really exciting to, you know, see some of the, you know, the changes in the city over the last few years. Um, exciting to also see people, uh, you know, connecting with the city in, in a different way and also thinking about how do we, you know, how do we include everybody who's here in the city with the, you know, the growth and the changes that are that are taking place. And so, you know, while, it, while it's definitely, it's positive stuff, it's like how do we get everybody involved in that and make sure that we're not leaving anybody behind. And so I, I do think things like um, bike share, you know, providing another transportation option for people who may not have access to a personal vehicle or open streets um, where you can, you know, walk out your front door if you live in, you know, in the neighborhood um, adjacent to, to the route and being able to take your family out and do something that's fun and free and family friendly. Um, I think that those are really important things to, to making sure that, you know, this is not just, these aren't activities or services that are meant for, you know, just a certain group of people. They're for everyone. Um, and so it's been, been really exciting to be um, involved in you know, some of that work um, here in the city as, as we move forward. And I love sharing the stories of the past. Again, I love the Detroit Historical Society or Museum. You know, the, the past is the present. I love connecting the stories of so many people that have been a big part of the past, 20, 30, 40 years ago. I mean, whether it's our mayor or, or, or who. And, and it's so fun to connect the stories. And that is what's so great about Detroit is that it's small enough that there is that connection of generations. And uh, celebrating those that are are new to the city, whether they're from the suburbs and new in terms of their enjoyment of, of being supportive of the city or their visitors. There's a whole lot of first-generation Detroiters moving to the city, and they're all part of the legacy in their own way. So it's pretty fun, and it's uh, fun to be in touch with you. I enjoyed seeing Eric at Detroit Homecoming. We, you know, we'll get in touch with him and talk to him. Eric Larson, you're uh, uh, the head of uh, uh, Downtown Detroit Partnership. Yep, Exactly. And uh, all the things, that, and he's also very involved in the uh, uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? The Michigan Parade Company, so everybody can watch that on, uh, was it CBS, come Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, actually, I think it might be, um, I think it might be NBC. It's NBC. Our, it's, our, it's our WDIV Channel 4 here. Okay, um, yeah, NBC, right. So, yeah, so, yeah, I think it's... Um, America's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and, and we we do put on a good show. So, and it and is a good show. I and, love and watching it online and on national TV. Yeah, and and you'll appreciate this. Uh, for this will be the 14th year in a row that I've done the the turkey trot, which is the 10k race um, before the parade. So I know, as an avid runner yourself, um, you would uh, you would appreciate that. Yeah, I, I love hearing that, and you know, I have somebody. We did, we had a whole lot to do with the uh, Michigan Parade. Foundation deciding to put on a, a foot race in the, those early days, so that was that yeah. been thirty years ago or almost. So thank you for paving the way ago. for us to be able to. Do yeah, I like love that. it, yeah. and I and, yeah. well, I always say, you know, it's one thing to create an event; it's another thing to sustain it and keep it going. So kudos to, you know, the Michigan Parade Foundation. You know, keeping that going year after year that that takes a lot of effort, and you know, to sustain, and not only that, but to increase the enthusiasm for the event. So it's always a favorite. I see Carmen Harlan. I saw Carmen recently. I was at WDIV a couple of weeks ago and got a chance. I, I said, hello, sure, we gave each other a big hug, and I didn't realize that that night was when she was going to be announcing her retirement. So they all said that was kind of ironic that I was in on that day, but uh, that she'll still be announcing the parade. And it's just, there's so much tradition to everything that, that you're doing, and Open Streets has just started their it's the first of, I'm sure, a, a real tradition that's going to be beneficial to not only the, the, the 
locals around in the state of Michigan, pure Michigan, but all the visitors that that uh, do pass through Detroit, and many of them making it their destination these days. So that's really fun to see. So Lisa Muskowski, thanks for your time this morning. It's a pleasure talking with you, and to be continued, eh? Yeah, thank you so much, Emily. Pleasure to be here. Okay, it's the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com. You can also get the show's iTunes podcast, uh, ESPNHawaii.com under the lineup tab or my Facebook page, Emily T. Gale, and many other places. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Always appreciate your nice comments. And always, I love all those emails I'm getting from people that are sending me stories about Detroit. That's kind of fun. I'm getting them from people all over the country. So, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. It's the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. There's just so many nice things to say about so many wonderful events going on both in both my communities, Detroit and the Big Island. I mean, the Ironman was just here, the Ironman World Championships. That's how I got over to the Big Island. Herb and I did, Pooh and I did the Ironman back in 81, 82, I think it was. And um, uh, the Detroit Free Press Marathon going on in Detroit goes over the Ambassador Bridge and comes back to the tunnel from Canada, Ambassador Bridge to Canada International Marathon. That was my first marathon, and that's taken place this month in, in Detroit. And uh, I found my old 1983 Free Press Marathon shirt, but I think the first one I did was in 78 or something. But um, just everywhere, there's just so many wonderful things going on in communities. What a wonderful time to be a recreational athlete, you know, because so many of the events are geared for people just uh, just hanging out. That's how I've always done my biking. Even as a kid, I've never, you know, I did the Ironman, but I've only other than that phase was I ever someone like was really training. It's mostly rode my bike as a kid to get from one place to the next and hang out or go play tennis or whatever. And then in Detroit, would ride my bike to work and would ride around the city and would rarely pass other people. But, yeah, in fact, I found a picture recently of um, a billboard at the old W4. For those of you in Detroit, the W4 radio station was Country Western at the time back in the 70s. Actually, Howard Stern worked there back, I think, for one year with another DJ, Steve Dahl, who went to Chicago. But anyway, I found a, a photo that had it was on their big billboard right on Jefferson in downtown Detroit, and it said, uh, you know, I think it was May 22nd or something, second annual Emily's Bike Day. So we even did bike days back then, and we, you know, it had 30, 40, 50 people, but... I just see how it's just changed, even from when I came to moved to Hawaii. I mean, Grant at Bike Works, he I got my first mountain bike from him, and people didn't really know what mountain biking was, and and we, you know, that was just a, a bike that got around the the village a lot easier, but you didn't pass that many other people. There were the those that trained for the Ironman, and then those of us that kind of hung around on our bikes. So. I love encouraging people to be just uh, get on a bike and be playful. And I think it's in in Detroit, it's just wonderful, the things. I'm a big fan of Slow Roll. I have to say Slow Roll has Jason Hall, Mike McCool, oh, so many of the people there, Jeff Spakowski, I think that's how he says it, um, Oh, Vince and, and Jackson and Katie and, and Annie, so many of the people, Steve, uh, 
at Slow Roll it just gave me such a, a welcome from the very first time I went, like, I think it was four years ago. So Big Mike, he was the first person I met. And there were about 200 people. It was at St. Andrew's Hall. I hadn't planned on going to it. I had rented a bike at Wheelhouse Detroit and was taking a ride around downtown on one of my trips home, and and Slow Roll was kind of congregating. I ended up getting in it, and I met Big Mike there. And then the next year, I did a few more. It's probably been about four years now, but slow roll for me, it just fits the, the lifestyle I've always lived on a bike. I kind of hang out. And and uh, Jason and just the squad members, I think, really reach out to people nicely. They sure have to me. And um, another, uh, f- well, one summer, a couple of times, I, Randy Repecki, I kind of put a call out for a bike, and Randy Repecki brought a Detroit bikes down for me to borrow, and did that a couple of times, which was really neat. And actually, he's the one that introduced me to Jason Hall and Mike McCool, who I'll never forget walking up to him in Greektown at that slow roll, and and then saying, "You, Jason, did you inspired us or something to that effect?" Where you know. I've embellished their enthusiasm, but I don't think so because uh, when I went to the slow roll at Tangent Gallery this summer, Jason had on the Say Nice Things About Detroit shirt. We had exchanged shirts, and uh, that really, that was probably uh, a highlight of my summer. So this is kind of a shout-out to everybody at slow roll, and I, I over the last few weeks or the uh, several times this summer, there were rides and and people thought they were short, and I was like, wow, I thought these were great. One was Tangent Gallery, and the other one was at um, Hateva Vaya. Vaya, I think he says it, De Sinaki, and, and uh, they, uh, Jenny, his manager, what a warm welcome they gave us at, at their place. But anyway, at the Tangent Gallery, people stuck around a lot because it wasn't too late. I mean, it's a Monday night, so it's a work night for most people, but I really thought saw thought it was noticeable how many people stuck around uh, with a little shorter ride. It wasn't by design, but for me, it was maybe uh, something that happened that turned out to be a, a nice feature to me when I saw how many people were sticking around. And then the same thing at Ateva Vaya. It was a wonderful ride from Michigan Avenue and all around the area and back. And I couldn't believe how many people stuck around and went to a lot of the a lot of the establishments in the area and Ateva Vaya, people were dancing and um, I loved when I walked in and saw Dave, the owner, and Jenny, his manager. Um, she turned around and she had a Say Nice Things About Detroit sticker on her on her back. <laughs> so that was a, that was also a highlight of my night. But so this is a huge shout out to to Jason and the squad and everybody that's so kind to me and and to others, too, I see it. I mean, all you got to do is go to the Slow Roll Facebook page and just see the wonderful posts pe- people put on. One of the nicest posts I saw recently, they had to cancel the last two events, but they encouraged people to still show up in the area, or particularly this last week. But somebody, uh, every week, and gosh, every day of the week and every hour of the day, it seems like, there's some group that's out doing a, a ride. Myself, I like to ride solitary. I got a, a fold-up bike this summer, uh, thanks to Ali. Shout-out to Ali. I bought it on Craigslist, and it was just a wonderful little bike. I keep it in the trunk. I like to park the car, pull the bike out, and go ride. I've always been like that. I've never been a group rider. But slow roll for me, knowing that on Monday night, 
nights, you know, they're going to have the ride, and it kind of fits my lifestyle of like, okay, I'll, if it works out, I'm going to get there and grab my bike and, and ride in it. And then other groups have created their own groups. So recently with the cancellation, I thought it was um, interesting how people said we're going to ride anyway. But the, the highlight of that to me was a post I read last night, one of the groups that put went out and rode anyway and afterwards they they had a great ride people you know they thanked slow roll for the encouragement everything what happened was the police weren't going to be able to be there because i think it was uh well it was hillary clinton's visit the week before but don't know what it was this past monday but anyway the the organizers one of the people said now we see why you need police and uh, police, I mean, they're, they're a warm, welcoming group that are out there working the slow roll every every week. But uh, I think a lot of people started thinking, oh, it's getting to be too big and it's getting to be a business. It's getting to be, no, it's just getting to be something that everybody, unless you've done it, you don't realize how much energy and effort and conscious thought of how you're going to make things happen and and close off intersections and everything. So I think the more everybody goes out and forms their own little groups and does things, but they're all still part of Slow Roll. And that's what Open Streets was to me. It was a huge umbrella for all the groups out there that are doing great things. I mean, Tom Page with his Detroit Bikes, Todd Scott with um, uh, Detroit uh, Greenways. There's just so many, the Soul Riders. I mean, I was working towards the Trois. I was volunteering at Cass Park. Is that what it was? Yeah, Cass Park for people to pick up their numbers. And it seemed like a couple of the days that we were volunteering, there were big groups that were meeting. And they said, oh, no, that's a group that rides from here all the time. So all over the city there are groups. And and here in, in Kona, uh, the, the, the number of things that go on, there was just a... 3,600 runners just did a relay on the Big Island, 200-mile, two-day relay called uh, the Ragnar. First time I ever heard of it. But 3,600 athletes, and when I looked at what the course was, they were riding in the middle of the night. I never saw a runner out on the road, but they were riding in the middle of the night. So I guess what I'm saying is that what a wonderful time to be a, a recreational athlete or a serious athlete and a time to really encourage other people to get on a bike or participate in open streets, Detroit, or get involved in a PATH activity, a PATH People's Advocates for Trails Hawaii here on the Big Island. Tina Clothier doing a wonderful job. Everybody that's with PATH, Grant, Bike Works, my longtime supporters, and uh, uh, all the wonderful things that go on. So um, I just want to want to say I really appreciate the opportunity to say nice things about Detroit say nice things about Hawaii, be a storyteller and share um, just the, the the gratitude of uh, staying positive in life. We all have challenges. I do too. <laughs> and uh, But just, uh, you know, taking life, um, being grateful for every day that we wake up. Well, I just happened to think of something that I want to add to what I shared uh, my last visit to Detroit this summer in, in September was to attend Detroit Homecoming, the, the wonderful event put on by Cranes. Jim Hayes, uh, the co-founder with uh, Cranes and a business magazine, Crane Communications, 
So two and a half days of uh, just uh, uh, talks, seminars, events, uh, showcasing the city, Um, just an amazing uh, enthusiasm, expats coming back to Detroit, people like myself who who really a few years back, uh, people were like, if you're not, I feel they were very much, if you're not living in Detroit, how can you be doing something for Detroit? And I always felt you can be doing it from wherever you're at. And now there's a a real celebration of that spirit, I think. But anyway, I think it's really testimonial that the uh, first I want to acknowledge that I appreciate Mayor Duggan giving me a shout out at the reception for the uh, homecoming Detroit. The the kickoff uh, event was at the Brewster Gymnasium, Brewster Recreation Center, and Slow Roll is going to have an office there. And at the opening party at the reception. I I loved it. Um, Unbeknownst to myself, Mayor Duggan gave me a shout out, you know, that he made about years ago, who is that that person that always was telling us to say nice things about Detroit. So that was a a nice accolade. But, um, and I hadn't thought about how how nice, how much that means to me, really, in in view of what I'm going to share now. The lead-off speaker to the whole evening with probably, I don't know, I'm going to guess a thousand people or more there or close to it. And um, the the speakers, uh, Dan Gilbert was going to do a talk story with um, Steve Ballmer. And, uh, but the, per- the person who led off the Detroit homecoming speaker was Jason Hall, the co- one of the co-founders with, with Mike McCool of Slow Roll. And because they're going to have their offices in the Brewster um, uh, Rec Center. But more than that, because to me, that meant, I'm getting kind of teary saying this, to me that meant that Jim Hayes, Crane Communications, everybody involved, Colleen Robar, wow, what a dynamo. In fact, uh, Jackson Robar is one of the squad members of Slow Roll. But everybody involved, you know, because everything that was created during those three days, you could tell was created kind of a consensus of people. Let's do this. Let's have people see this. Whether we went to the, you know, the Detroit Boxing Club or whatever it was, whatever the events were. But the fact that they had Jason Hall be the leadoff speaker, to me, spoke volumes about the core of recreation in the city of Detroit. And I'm not sure why I'm getting emotional, but I I think it's because I just realized the impact of that. So uh, it's like the power to the uh, power to the streets (laughs) being out there on the streets. And, you know, whatever community is, I always said the streets are the greatest asset, recreational asset we have. They ought to be used. And I see that in... uh, in, in Kona, too, I can remember putting on some of the first runs in Kona. Not the first, but early runs back in the 80s. And and uh, it's been evolving, getting communities to realize, you know, how important it is to work with community organizers and let, let events happen and make it work as smoothly as possible. Maybe that's why I'm feeling kind of emotional, because back in 1975, in creating the first ever run through the streets of Detroit, in those years that we did it, we lost everything we had in doing it. But in those years of doing it and being pioneers and creating, you know, there weren't computer timing systems in those days. There are databases, computers, all of it. We were creating it as we went along. Uh, waves of starts. Nobody, we didn't know about things like that. 
those are all the things that all of us that were putting on races in those days, including Valerie Silk with the Iron Man. So, so many of the things that we did in those days uh, have come to Hawaii. And I think more and more every day as I make more trips back to Detroit and I'm here in Hawaii and every day I see... I see uh, signs of things that I initiated back in the day, not just me, but people that worked with me. And uh, that's pretty fun. And that also has just opened me up right now to, to get a better feel of where I'm trying to go with the Emily T. Gale Show, ESPNHawaii.com. And, and that is to really share the backstories of, of things that are going on in communities and, and the history, how important our whether it's Detroit Historical Museum is or our our Kona Historical Museum and, you know, the things that where we celebrate the history of things and who is involved in creating that history. So enough said, and it reminds me why I love doing the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com and really appreciate uh, the opportunity that I get from Pacific Radio Group for, for having the Emily T. Gale Show here on ESPNHawaii.com. Aloha.